to a spooky episode of the Play It As Lied podcast. Hope not to scare anyone there at the beginning there, but, uh, you know, it's Halloween. We gotta be a little bit uh, spooky, a little scary. I'll have a little surprises for you. Hey, you never know on uh, October 31st. But uh, before we get into any football, Frank, uh, you know, obviously Halloween, big thing coming up. What, uh, what are you going as? Well, Rob, lovely to be with you, as always. Uh, Halloween, great holiday. Uh, hard to believe that we're already here week eight of the NFL season. It's flying by, but uh, to answer your question, I'm still undecided on, uh, on my costume for Halloween this year, but uh, based on the result of uh, the football game we have preluding Halloween this year, looking of going as a, as a certain quarterback, maybe an Aaron Rodgers or a, or a Kyler Murray. How about yourself? Aaron Rodgers would be a terrific Halloween costume, and I look forward to seeing you if you happen to do that. You got the discount double check. You got uh, you can have that mullet he's got now. I feel like there's a lot to work with if you went to go as Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Kyler, I think, uh, you know, you're not the tallest guy, but I think you'd have to lose a few inches uh, to get down to Kyler's stature. But uh, I'm going as Arthur the Aardvark. Mm. Love, uh, love a little Arthur. That's a good one. Totally uh, the polar opposite of my idea, but uh, I support that decision. It's a great, a great children's television show. One of my favorite growing up. I listen. It's terrific. The uh, whole character, everything. Uh, I can do the the meme with the the fist and everything. It, it's going to be great. I really mm. think uh, it's all lining up to be phenomenal. Uh, but this week, we actually have some phenomenal games to talk about as well, Frank. Not only on uh, that Thursday night game that you mentioned, uh, we have games going all the way down to Sunday night. I think is going to be a pretty good game on Halloween night. Uh, and on All Saints Day, of course, November 1st, we have another even better game uh, between two teams I'd very much like to talk about. But before we get to Monday, let's start on Thursday, Frank. Aaron Rodgers, Kyler Murray, MVP, reigning MVP versus presumptive MVP favorite at the moment. Uh, it's going to be interesting down in the desert as Green Bay comes in plus 225 with an Arizona spread at minus 6.5. This is, I mean, it's a quarterback battle. It, it certainly is, and I think this is going to be one of the biggest tests to Arizona's potential undefeated record as uh, they kept heading on. So what do you think, Frank? you think the Arizona Cardinals continue unscathed and come out of this one looking 8-0, or do you think A-Rod gets another title to add to his belt? Well, you hate uh, having to pick against Aaron Rodgers in a primetime spot. And, you know, he's had some moments against this Cardinals franchise. Of course, the Hail Mary a few years ago in the same exact stadium. But it's hard to see the Cardinals slipping in this game. And, and the biggest reason is the injuries, not the injuries, the, uh, the, the COVID absences on the Packers side of the field. You can't underestimate uh, the impact not having Devontae Adams. Uh, will have in this game, and to the to their credit, the Packers are six and zero without Adams in the lineup uh, over the past several seasons, uh, which is kind of a kind of a remarkable achievement if you think about it. But playing this Cardinals team, it, it's a different kind of beast with the way that they're operating right now. And you know, I love Rodgers, and I think he's good enough in this spot to keep this game close at plus six and a half. But I don't think the Packers have enough offensive firepower uh, to actually win this game on the road. So I will take the Cardinals to win, but I think the Packers will cover. I think a hedge is interesting. I think we're now on a very long streak of you hedging all of Thursday night games because, I mean, they've been good. They've been good to us, especially on the hedge. I think you've hit quite a few in a row now, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, I can't disagree with you. I think that the, the loss of Devontae Adams is definitely going to cut the firepower. And when you're talking about a team like the Cardinals, who um, are just so good, especially on the offensive side, you're going to have to keep up. And I know that Aaron Rodgers is great, just threw three touchdowns last week. But, you know, Vegas knows what we're talking about. Line was minus three at the Sunday night. Devontae Adams gets announced, dropped to minus six. Loss of Joe Barry, their defensive coordinator, who was also likely going to be out, dropped to minus .65. I just feel like this line keeps trending in this direction for a reason, and it's a reason that I think Arizona is going to take the one. Because realistically, based on these losses, and depending on who actually suits up in the wide receiver room, I wouldn't be surprised if game time uh, we see Arizona minus 8. Yeah, that's probably fair. And then you move into teaser potential territory with the Cardinals as the line gets bigger and bigger. However, I will say... Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Friday morning uh, the headline is Packers pull off a miraculous upset and Aaron Rodgers reinserts himself into the MVP conversation. I'm not saying that the Packers are going to win, obviously, but you can kind of see that headline uh, 
making waves uh, if it were to happen. Yeah, I mean, his feels like an Aaron Rodgers kind of Aaron game for Aaron Rodgers to do his Aaron Rodgers thing. But on the other hand, I mean, we, we, we haven't said his name much, but Kyler Murray is on that other side. And this could be a marquee game for that uh, that MVP that he, he really wants desperately. He talked about it in the press conference right after the game. And he's now back to solely being the favorite after being tied with Dak last week. And obviously we'll talk about Dak later. But you can make up a lot of ground after Lamar losing last week and he's on a bye this week after, you know, Tom Brady... Uh, not having the best of games last week. I There's a lot of ground to be made up if you can just really kill in public on prime time the Prackers. It'll be huge. It'll be huge for that guy. So uh, a, state, I, I, a statement it, game, if you will. A statement opportunity. A statement game, a signature win, whatever you want to call it. This is it for Kyler Murray and his Cardinals. Uh, I think this is going to be one of the best games of the week. You know, not going to be the best of the game is our first one o'clock game. Carolina Panthers, three and four. Atlanta Falcons, three and three. This team's started polar opposite ways. Atlanta was 0-3, Carolina 3-0, and since then they've had streaks of the exact opposite direction, uh, now culminating in this being a combined record of 6-7. Carolina coming as the away team, our plus-135 money line, with an Atlanta spread of minus-3. Frank, we know that Vegas love these Falcons, but I gotta admit, I'm not too surprised about this line. Uh, Are you? No, I'm not. It definitely would have been a few weeks ago, but as you said, uh, these are two teams moving in very opposite directions. Uh, but even with that being said, and maybe it's a rational confidence, but I'm going to pick the Panthers again in this spot. And if they were, if the Falcons were favored by anything less than a field goal, I'd probably have taken the Falcons. But plus 135, I think maybe there's some value there. I mean, I, I still think this Panthers team is too talented and too well-coached to keep losing in the ways that they are. I mean, getting blown out by the Giants by 22 points. And honestly, I think this is more of a bet against the Falcons. I I just don't trust them to keep winning this many games in a row. And every week, they get a lead. And I said it last week, and it happened. They get a lead, they start making mistakes, and they try ever so hard to give the game away. And the Dolphins weren't able to capitalize on that opportunity. And I'm going to take the uh, take the chance that the Panthers will be able to do just that. Yeah, I mean, our, I mean, I, I don't I can't say I agree on where you're coming from on this one, because sure, you can always bet against the Falcons. But who's not betting against the Panthers right now? Four games skid. They looked lifeless. There was not a single bit of hope. Not with Sam Darnold on the field, not with not with Joe Brady calling plays for right now. And Matt Rule has confirmed that everything we saw last week in that utter collapse of the Giants. It's staying true. Sam Darnold is going to be under quarterback. Christian McCaffrey still on his last week of IR. Joe Brady still calling the plays. And when your head coach, quote-unquote, says, Joe Brady will continue to call plays for right now, that means you're calling a lot of very bad plays. They only got 11 first downs the entire team. And uh, I... I don't know. I talked about it last week. Matt Ryan has been heating up a lot. His connection with Kyle Pitts is very apparent for the world to see. Uh, and while I appreciate your your love and your passion for this Carolina team, I think it'd be a mistake to not go Falcons here. I mean, listen, you're probably right, honestly. And again, I, I, I said him. this may just be an irrational prediction, um, but division game, uh, things can get weird. You never know. These teams have a history. And everyone, you know, seems to be in on the Falcons now and everyone's out on the Panthers. Uh, So who knows? You're probably right, but uh, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I you know, this might not be the best game record wipe, but this one could stay close. Uh, maybe it'll be one of the better ones. Uh, a game that possibly could be an entire 40-point blowout could be uh, two teams that know each other very well uh, in the Miami Dolphins going up to Buffalo and Orchard Park uh, to play the Bills. Bills uh, favored here by two full touchdowns at minus 14 with the Miami money line at plus 575. So you're getting a lot of juice for a money line for a spread that's actually not as big as it typically would be. Uh, Buffalo obviously coming off their bye week. Maybe they're going to be a little bit refreshed. Tua Tagovailoa coming off probably the best game of his career despite the loss. Uh, so which of these uh, two teams led by these two quarterbacks do you think uh, are going to take a win here? Yeah, I don't think there's all that much to say about this game. Uh, 14 points is a lot. For a division, for a spread in a division game, but the Bills own the Dolphins. Uh, they did it last year, even when the Dolphins were good, and right now the Dolphins are not good at all. Rooting for Tua, hope he plays well uh, with all the pressure and, and all the 
headlines and rumors swirling around his name, but Bills minus 14 is uh, the direction that I would go. Uh, and that is going to be the right direction. I think if we could talk about Tua for another second there. Best game of his career, 291 passing yards, career-high four touchdowns. I mean, if you can look at these last two weeks and say that one position group has looked good for the Dolphins, it's been quarterback, and that has not been true at any other part of the season. So, man deserves some respect. Obviously, they only played the Falcons and the Jaguars, so I don't know how that's true that's going to be. They're facing the Bills, who I think currently are the top passing defense in the league, allowing the second-fewest points. So not boating for another great matchup for him, but I think that based on how great this defense is going to be, how bad this Miami offense is going to be, how lights out we know Josh Allen can be, especially in the division, I think this is one of the easiest calls in the game at minus 14. So let's move on on that one, Frank, to 49ers and Bears. Um, Man, not a lot of fun having by either of these two franchises as the San Francisco 49ers with Trey Lance and the Chicago Bears with Justin Fields, their new rookie quarterback toys, uh, will face head-to-head unless Jimmy G wants to get in the way of that. Chicago is a plus 150 at home. San Francisco, coming up in, San Francisco with the worst record coming in, a minus 3.5. Frank, not a fan of the spread. Obviously, I'm a bigger fan of the Bears than most, but uh feels too high for San Francisco right now, and the Kyle Shanahanigans are not looking good. Yeah, I think that's fair, and I wish it was closer to minus 1.5 to minus 2.5, but I'm still going to take the 49ers, uh, minus 3.5, and, and on the money line. And it's definitely a dangerous number. Uh, I certainly considered hedging plus three and a half. Uh, I don't like the way either of these teams are playing at the moment, but maybe I trust the 49ers more than I do the Bears. Uh, It seems a little crazy to say that now, more crazy than it would have a few weeks ago. But, I mean, the Bears just looked awful last week, and I know they were playing the Buccaneers, but, I mean, we picked them to cover plus 12 and a half, and they got absolutely demolished. At least the 49ers have, you know, showed some life, I guess. I mean, again, not confident in this pick. It's a stay away for me, but uh, I'll go with the road favorite. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this in the exact same way you are, but I came out with the opposite result. I mean, the stay away from this game. I think unarguably this is offense number 31 and number 30 in the league right now, if we're excluding Houston, because, I mean, that's a tire fire on either side of the ball, but... This is, this is not going to be a fun game. What's the over-under here? 39.5? Stick with the under. If you're making a bet on this game, it should be on the under. Bears have hit the under on six of their seven games. San Francisco, I think, had their worst offensive outing under Kyle Shanahan uh, last week. They only scrapped together 280 yards and made four turnovers to the Colts. Uh, don't watch this game. Don't think about betting on this game again unless you're taking the over. Let's move on. I agree. One thing I will say, the storyline to watch for could be the uh, Justin Fields, you know, giving San Francisco a little bit of the middle finger saying, uh, you should have taken me over the other guy. That's the only compelling storyline I see here, maybe. Yeah, and if you're following that storyline, I mean, the value of plus 150 for a game between two teams that are, I would say, relatively competitive against each other should be the way to go. But I mean, 49ers probably going to win either way. I mean, It is what it is. Let's move on to an interesting game, Frank, and I'm actually very excited to hear your take on this one because we differ differ a lot on both of these teams. Pittsburgh, 3-3. Cleveland, 4-3. Pittsburgh coming in with a money line of plus 160. Cleveland on a spread at home of minus 3.5. Frank, I tend to be more of a Steelers fan on this podcast, and you tend to be a little bit more of a Browns fan when we're talking about the AFC North. And yet yet we, we hate both teams in actuality. And they're both still at the very bottom of it, but I'm I am very interested to see where you take with this game. Well... Uh, I'm interested to hear the same for you. Uh, three and a half, again, just like the last game. Uh, kind of a tricky number. Difficult to navigate what's going to happen in this game. Cleveland's at home. Uh, they've got some injuries, but Nick Chubb is coming back. Uh, Baker Mayfield, it looks like he might be able to play in this game. I think that the Browns running offense and rush defense is good enough to get them a victory. Uh, in this spot, you know, a game that they need, and obviously the Steelers need this game too, being in the same division, but I'll take Cleveland to win, but I'll take Pittsburgh to cover three and a half, probably looking at a low scoring affair as a lot of these AFC North games are. uh, And that is my not so confident prediction. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's about as confident as you can get. 
you talk about Nick Chubb being back. I think another big guy that's coming back is Jack Conklin, back at practice on Monday. And when you get left tackle back, look at the Colts from last year, look at the Rams from two years ago. Yeah, that guy is usually the bedrock of an offensive line, and he is one of the best in the game. Uh, but, I mean, I don't I don't know how much I'm, I was really expecting Nick Chubb. Darnus Johnson looked fantastic. Case Keenum looked fantastic. And I do think that this Browns team is going to come up big. But I think there's an emotional factor that the Pittsburgh sideline has more than Cleveland does, and it's the memory that the last time these two teams fought uh, last January, that this January was a 48-37 to slogging uh, in the wildcard game. And I think that this is the kind of game where after back-to-back defeats to a divisional rival that, I mean, as, as a current Pittsburghian can tell you that people in Pittsburgh hate the Browns a whole lot more than they hate any other team in the league. Uh, and they, I think that there's going to be a real passion coming into this. And, I mean, Mike Tomlin spent all week to de- deflating and, and uh, deflecting all of the USC LSU talk that he potentially has. Uh, and I'm sure he's going to use that. You know, if you know that your head coach is currently sought after by two of the biggest college franchises in the league, I'm sure he's using that headline, that bulletin board material and being like, listen, guys, I know how good of a head coach I am. I need you guys to play as good. And I, I think all the passion is currently on Pittsburgh's side here. And at a value like this one, a plus 160 for, again, a divisional game that should be essentially a head, heads or tails game. Uh, I'm going with the passion over the numbers, and I'm going Steelers on both sides. Yeah, it's definitely a fair take. Also, uh, that press conference, Mike Tomlin, but like you alluded to with the USC rumors, uh, that's that's one of the best head coach answers in a press conference I think that we've seen in quite some time. I mean, that was that was pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, we we talk about as Ravens fans how much we hate the Pittsburgh Steelers, but I mean, there's. There's not a level of respect to which Mike Tomlin doesn't deserve. He is absolutely one of the best fo- fo- head coaches in football and wouldn't be surprised if he can find himself in another ring. You know, Canton, Canton is calling for that guy. Yeah, uh, might not be calling for either of the coaches in the next game, though. No, Nick Sarani, after losing the Italian Bowl last week, is going to be going head-to-head with Mr. Yet-to-win a game, 0-7. Combined record in this game is 2-12. and Dear Lord, Detroit at home, plus 160. Philadelphia away, once again, minus 3.5. Have the Eagles done anything in your mind to make you think that this is an easy call against the only team to yet to win in the league? I would say no, they haven't. Uh, I think the Eagles are in a pretty bad spot heading to this game, and that's saying something, uh, seeing as they're going against a winless team on the season. And this is it. If the Lions are going to win a game, win a game this season, this on paper looks like the spot at home. They've come up close. They've come up on the on the wrong side of some heartbreak games. And uh, plus one sixty, I'm going with Detroit. Yeah, gotta gotta agree with you. I mean, for a team that went balls to the wall to do whatever they can last week to try and get a win, I would not be surprised if Campbell is really coming up with whatever. I mean, have I don't know if they have statistics on it yet, but has a team ever gone for an onside kick and a fake punt in the first quarter before with the lead? I think that's ridiculous. And uh, if you're not on the board with Cam Dan Campbell trying to stay in the NFL for as long as possible, you don't enjoy football because that guy in the sidelines is the best watch of any part of the Lions game. If you're watching Jared Goff, you're watching that offense, you're making a mistake. Stare at the sideline because that guy's jumping up and down. He's bright red. He's he's doing whatever he wants over there. And purely because I want to see Dan Campbell celebrate a victory, I got to go Lions here. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And, I mean, the Lions are winless. So if they lose this game and, and maybe even don't cover, uh, we won't look like, you know, complete idiots. But uh, let's go Lions. Why not, right? Why not? Yeah, Detroit only. That's uh, that's the way it goes. Frank, uh, I, we got a, essentially a playoff game to talk about next, which is funny to talk about after two teams that are preparing for their number one and number two overall draft picks, uh, and that is the Tennessee Titans at five and two at the Indianapolis Colts at three and four, which is funny, right? We're talking about the third the third highest ranked team in the AFC uh, versus the eighth best team ranked in the AFC. Uh, but I mean, as usual, with games against with the five and two Tennessee Titans and the three and four Indianapolis Colts, uh, anything is possible in the rowdy, rowdy AFC South. Uh, so with the Colts money line at minus one hundred five and a Tennessee away spread at minus one, uh, Vegas seems to think this is a, essentially a pick'em. How do you feel about it? Yeah, I would probably say it's essentially a pick'em as well. And we talked when these two teams played earlier in the season that whenever these two teams play. Uh, it's basically a toss-up, and the series between them year after year is usually uh, one and one. 
and the Titans won earlier in the season. And I think the Colts uh, kind of get them back in this spot. I wish they were more than plus one and minus 105, but I know the Titans have won two in a row and they're hitting their stride, but this Colts team's hitting their stride as well. If they had come up on the, if they'd been on the right side of that heartbreak in Baltimore, we'd be talking about them having won four straight games. And I know it's a divisional matchup, but I feel like this game is bigger for the Colts than it is for the Titans. The Colts need to get to 500. And if they win this game, you know, this division, it's lively again at the top. I mean, the Colts could have a legitimate chance uh, to win the division. uh, But in order to do so, uh, they got to get it done in this spot. And I think they can. I think they can. I think they can. I think they can. I uh, think the little Reich that could uh, is very much in a position to win this game. I mean, the Titans are. I mean, I you know when you beat Kansas City to that extent, twenty-seven to three, you got to imagine that this is a high and uh, that Tennessee has never seen before, not since they probably beat the Ravens in the playoffs two years ago. Uh, and I think that's a high that is usually one that is met with a very low low uh, afterwards. And I think that's going to be losing the division. I just can't forget. You know, I I'm surprised. Uh, that many people have, especially on ESPN nowadays. This team lost to the Jets three weeks ago. Three weeks ago, this team lost to the Jets. Uh, and they might have continued. I'm sure Ryan Tannehill feels good about his one touchdown, and, uh, and I think he ran for a touchdown last week. Uh, their defense is something. I guess they can walk away with a 370-yard game against Kansas City as a victory. But I don't see this offense continuing at its high power. And as much as I hate to say it, Carson Wentz is playing the best football of his career, including the MVP year and the Super Bowl year. Uh, and when he hasn't thrown an interception, I think in a five, six weeks, uh, Wentz is the hot hand here. He's got the hair to match, and I think it's got to be the way to go. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. You know, as somebody who's been a Carson Wentz believer or truther or whatever you want to call it, uh, just when I was about to give up hope, uh, he's finally you know, back to his old ways per se, or like you said, playing the best football of his career. And you never want to say a a division matchup like this is a trap game, but you know, for the Titans after beating the bills and the chiefs back to back weeks, they're riding high. I think the Colts can, uh, can get them in this spot. Absolutely. I mean, the AFC South, I think has really recuperated itself from being viewed as probably the worst. Don't get us wrong. You know, the Jaguars and the, and the Texans are still holding them down, but this, uh, this game right here is the only good part of the AFC South every single year. And I look forward to it, but you know what I don't look forward to, frankly, is talking about one of those teams that I just mentioned, uh, being of course the Houston Texans, the one in six Houston Texans, they'll be playing their inverse record team, the six and one Los Angeles Rams, uh, in Houston, NRG Stadium, a plus 600 with a Rams spread of minus 14. We just saw the we, were, uh, we just saw the Texans get embarrassed by two of their former stars in Arizona. Uh, do you think another embarrassment is coming at the hands of an NFC West team? I do. Uh, the Texans stink. They are a very very bad football team, and the Rams consequently not consequently the Rams on the other hand are a very good football team. Uh, so good. That I think they will beat the Texans by more than two touchdowns, which uh, which seems to be something that a lot of other teams are doing nowadays. Yeah, I mean, listen, if the Texans can't close the biggest spread of the year at 20 points last week, uh, I know the Rams haven't been great ATS, 4-3, uh, and three, and especially last week, even with Stafford throwing for over 350 yards and three touchdowns, the defense still needed to play big. But, I mean, this Houston Texans team is so bad. It's just so bad. Take Rams Awful. 14 and, and just look away. Just terrible. Horrible. Horrible. No good. Terrible. Awful. Disgusting. The, it's it's Halloween weekend, and the scariest thing going on on Sunday is uh, still the Houston Texans. Yes, sir. Yes, it is, unless you live in the Tri-State area. And then for you, it might just be the New York Jets. Now, Sons. Zach Wilson uh, after the debacle that was last week. And, yes, I apologize to anyone who took the teaser uh, for my reluctance to believe in New England uh, to be our last part because that 50-burger was uh, one that I had to eat after truly believing that the Jets could keep it close. But, hey, the Jets are back now again, and look at who they play. The 5-2 and two Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, the Jets will be trying to defend home turf at plus 350, while the Bengals will be trying and taking it away from them at minus 10.5. Frank, 
Not only do I have crow to eat on the Jets, we both as Ravens fans have crows to eat about this Bengals team. Do you think the, the fire keeps going under Joey Burrow and uh, the hottest hands in the league in Jamar Chase? Yeah, definitely a lot of crow going around for both of us. Uh, the Bengals, they've arrived, I think. I think it's fair to say that they're, uh, they're a good team now, and good teams uh, beat bad teams and beat them handedly. That's what the Bengals did two weeks ago against the Lions. I think that's what they'll do this week against the Jets team uh, that, much like the Texans, is very bad. And you know we love Joe Flacco, but uh, he can't save the Jets, and nobody could save the Jets at this point. So I'll take the Bengals minus 10.5. Yeah, I think the last thing you want to do after leaving New England allowing 500 yards to Mac Jones is to play one of the best quarterbacks and probably one of the best wide receivers at the moment, at least in form. Uh, and if you're the Jets, there's so many problems that you cannot fix on a on, on short notice of just one week. Um, yeah, this this is an easy one. Just ride the Bengals' hot hand. Yep, the, the Jets, they stink. And now you've learned your lesson. I have not betting on the Jets again. But, uh, Frank, we got to finish off with our trio of terrible teams with one win. Let's go to 4 o'clock where Jacksonville at 1-5 and five will be playing Seattle in Seattle who are 2-5. and five. Seattle protecting home turf at minus 3.5 with the Jacksonville money line at plus 155. Surprisingly close here. Uh, obviously, the Geno Smith factor is big. Russell Wilson not expected to be back for a few more weeks. Uh, do you think Geno can finally grab himself a win? Sure. Uh, and why not, right? I mean, I'm not going to overreact to the Jaguars' uh, win a couple of weeks ago. And I don't know if Urban Meyer off a of bye week means anything. And if it means anything at all, it's... It can't be that good, right? In the Seahawks, you lost by three to the Steelers. You lost by three to the Saints. It's time to get a win. It's time to get back on track with Geno. And this is, I mean, really, this is kind of a must-win game for Seattle. If they still want to be within striking distance once Russell Wilson comes back. Uh, And they're at home. So I like Seattle minus three and a half. Yeah, I've been I've been on the Geno Smith bandwagon for the last two weeks because of that one drive, and I'm still gonna refer to it as that one drive. But it's kind of hard to look at his box score right now and see that he had 167 yards, knowing that 84 of them came on one single play. Um, not great. It is not great for Mr. Geno Smith, a guy that I genuinely thought was gonna be a stopgap. So while it currently says Seahawks on our spreadsheet, Frank, I think I'm gonna switch that one to Jaguars. Uh, we're going to get Trevor Lawrence off of his best career NFL game so far. Uh, they had a whole bye week to get off. I think Seattle, the mood in that locker room cannot be good right now. And plus 155? Jacksonville's baiting me here. I think uh, I think I'm going to regret this when we look at the spreadsheet and I got a little bit of red on there. But I'm going Jacksonville. I think the money's there. Well, Rodham, I'm not surprised that you flip-flopped. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think that's three or four consecutive weeks now uh, that you've taken the Jaguars to either win and or cover the spread. So, uh, interesting. Very, very interesting. Yeah. Hey, I got to say, I'm 1-0. I'm 1-1 on their money line, and I'm 2-1 on their spread. So, I got to be honest, I'm I'm feeling good about this flip. This is... uh... Last last week, I tried to convince myself that the Jag- that the Jets were my calling card. And this year, I'm taking the Jets. I'm taking the Jags. You can just zigzag between bad team to bad team every week and, and find one that hits. Hey, one day it'll work, but uh, luckily we are out of bad teams to talk about, the, depending on your definition of bad teams. Maybe the Washington football team falls into that definition of yours, but I'm sure a lot of our fans would feel bad if I said that, so we won't say it just yet. Uh, as the football team will be playing the Denver Broncos, two teams with a combined record of 5-9, and nine. Uh, it'll be at mile high where Denver protects the spread of minus 3, and Washington comes in with a football team money line of plus 140. Uh, not a lot to say about this game, Frank. What, uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, not a lot to say. Uh, it's another stay-away game, I think. Uh, to me, this is similar to the 49ers and Bears game, two uninspiring offenses, two teams moving in the wrong direction. Uh, and because of that, I'm just going to go with the home team, with the Broncos. I think that they have a good enough defense still, even though it's been underwhelming, to uh, limit what Taylor Heineke and this Washington offense that has scored 13 and 10 points in back-to-back weeks can do. And uh, Vic Vangio, your boy, he's got to get back on track. Four four losses in a row. If he loses this one, 
not not good news up there in Denver. So uh, let's say that he wins. Yeah, I I, th- I think that's right on cue. I think that's you know not not too crazy to say that this is a game for his job. Uh, if he wants to keep it, he's got to put another win back up on the board. And you know you can talk about a four game losing streak, but if they win this game, they are four and four, which is not a terrible place to be in in the current status of the the middle bottom of the AFC. Uh, for football team, I think you guys just go take a nap. Forget about football until Fitzpatrick comes back. Cause I know Heineke performs every couple of drives, but he is not ready to be a full-game quarterback just yet unless he's playing a legendary quarterback like Tom Brady. And as much as you love Teddy, I don't think that's the case here. So uh, Broncos all the way. Right. And if Fitzpatrick uh, is your savior or your knight in shining armor, so to speak, then uh, that, that doesn't really speak speak volumes to uh, to where your team is overall. No, it does not. Uh, you know, but maybe sometimes you got to give credit to those guys. They come in, they they play better roles than we expect them to. But uh, yeah, I don't know if Fitzpatrick is gonna be be the guy to solve all those problems. A guy maybe like Mac Jones has been to the New England Patriots. Uh, we mm-hmm. talked about that fifty burger, but hey, that guy can ball. Uh, they even had to put Brian Hoyer in there to uh, give him a little bit of a rest, and that rest is going to be dearly needed as they go over to L.A. Uh, to play the Chargers in Inglewood at uh, a spread for the Chargers at minus 5.5, a money line of plus 185 for New England. Uh, I mean, unquestionably, New England has been questionable the entire season, but they put out a hell of a performance. I think they have the highest-scoring game this season uh, by one team. Do you think that that's a breakout game? you think Mac Jones is going to keep putting out 304 touchdowns? I mean, to your point, uh, Mac Jones has definitely been impressive, but I don't want to overreact too much to that game. Uh, I mean, the Patriots—there are three wins this season. Two of them have been again. Two of them have come against the Jets, and the other one came against the Texans. And to their credit, uh, they did only lose by one possession in four of their losses. They only lost to Miami by one. They almost beat the Buccaneers, and they almost beat the Cowboys, but. I'm also not going to overreact to that Chargers game uh, before the bye week, losing to the Ravens. Obviously, they did not play well at all in that game, but to me, the Chargers are still one of the best teams in the AFC, and I don't think that the Pan- I don't think that the Patriots still ha- I still don't think that the Patriots have the offensive firepower uh, to win this game. And the Chargers coming off a of bye week, I think they'll be refreshed. They'll clean up some of the errors that plague them in Baltimore, and I think they'll win, and I'll take them to cover, minus five and a half. Yeah, this is the first time we learn about Brandon Staley off a of bye, and you know we love talking about coaches on a bye, and this is the <laughs> this will set the trend if we have to talk about this next year, and I, I think we will. I think this is a get-right game. I think Herbert needs to know what he – I think Herbert knows what needs to get done. If this were in New England, I think I would genuinely question maybe taking uh, New England on the spread here because, like you said, New England has kept games close. But when you're talking about an offense that could drop 40 on any given notice, uh, and New England obviously proved that they can score even more than that, but uh, if it's not against the Jets, I would love to see Bill Belichick try and score 50 again. But uh, I think just offensive ceiling is just so much higher for the Chargers uh, and defensive floor for the Broncos, for the Broncos for the Patriots uh, just is not going to match up with that. So I think I'm tempted to go New England plus 5.5, but with the home advantage, I'm going to go Chargers on both sides. Yeah, definitely tempting, uh, especially knowing uh, Bill Belichick's history against young quarterbacks. But, you know, Justin Herbert, he, he he's not Zach Wilson and he's not Davis Mills. Uh, so I don't know how, how much that advantage uh, plays into this matchup. Familiarity with uh, Bill Belichick is, of course, one Tom Brady, uh, who will be able to take his skills over to the Superdome in New Orleans uh, to see if he can ravage uh, a team that you know plagued him last season in the regular season uh, to start off a very nice streak for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay comes into the Superdome at minus 5.5, while New Orleans will be protecting home turf at plus 195. Uh, on the money line. Frank, any questioning of the Buccaneers here? Because they've been supreme uh, for every game they've had the opportunity to be supreme in outside of that Rams game. Yeah, absolutely. And the Saints did win this season, win this series last year in the regular season. Uh, They won both games and one of those was a blowout, but this just isn't the same Saints team. And they're four and two. That to me is a huge testament to Sean Payton uh, getting the most out of this group. And the Saints defense has been very, very impressive, but 
They scored 13 points against Seattle, and Seattle has one of the worst defenses in the NFL. And I know the Buccaneers have some injuries in the secondary, uh, but I don't think the Saints can score enough points to keep up uh, with this high-powered Bucks offense with the way that Tom Brady is operating. Uh, and so minus five and a half, it seems like maybe a little bit too many points for a division game, uh, but I'm going to go Tampa Bay on the road in the dome uh, to win and cover. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think the Bucks is an easy call just to win the offensive. It's kind of the same situation as the game before this, right? We know New Orleans can score the ball, uh, but I don't know if they can score the ball to the extent that we know Tampa Bay can. Uh, I mean, they destroyed the Bears last week, 38-3. to Just, I mean, we, there were a lot of lopsided wins last week in the NFL, but I think that might be uh, the one that takes the cake. Outside of maybe the Patriots, of course, but uh, I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't bet against Tom Brady here uh, with the same kind of vibe I was talking about with the Pittsburgh game. These this these games are always circled on schedules, and I'm sure Tom Brady is not leaving that locker room with every single day this week without reminding him that they went 0-2 in the regular season, uh, and with a very easy schedule coming up with Tampa Bay. That I don't know if you still have pulled up, but they beat New Orleans here, and it kind of feels like the ball is rolling on to Tom, Tom Brady uh, having a 13-14-15, hell, maybe even a 16-game win season. Uh, so I definitely think that this is, feels like a must-win in that locker room, and that while I trust New Orleans to keep it close in a divisional matchup, I still think that the obvious play here is Buccaneers, and uh, a little bit of a hedge there on New Orleans. Yeah, and you alluded to the schedule. I mean, we don't have to go game by game, but to, to put it kindly, the Buccaneers playing on the road against New Orleans in this game where they're a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, this might be their second or third hardest remaining game uh, on the schedule. So, uh, like you said, if they win this game, uh, who knows how many games they might end up winning this year. It's going to be a lot. Yeah, it's going to be. I mean, it was going to be a lot from the beginning with Tom Brady at the quarterback, but uh, definitely not as many as we expected, which could be something you said for our Sunday night game, Frank. We're talking Dallas. We're talking America's team. How about them boys at 5-1? They're going up to the U.S. Bank Stadium in beautiful Minneapolis, Minnesota uh, to face the 3-3 three three Vikings with a Viking protecting home turf at plus 125. Dallas at a spread of minus 2.5. You may be asking yourself, why such a low spread? Uh, we are doing this episode on a Tuesday, so we're not 100% sure of Mr. Dak Prescott's status. Jerry Jones yesterday on Monday told us that he will be fine. And uh, I don't know about you, Frank. Uh, I'm running under the assumption that Dak Prescott will be playing on Sunday night. Uh, because he's Dak Prescott, and he always wants to play. And if Jerry Jones says it's fine, I'm sure there's not a single doctor uh, down in Arlington that's going to stop him from letting Dak Prescott play. Uh, so with that assumption, I think I know which way I'm going. But hey, maybe if you think Dak's not playing, we're going to get a little uh, Cooper Rush. How do you feel about this game? Yeah, I mean, if Dak doesn't play, uh, I'll put it out there. I think the Vikings probably win this game. Uh, in fact, I, I'm not probably. I think they win this game. Uh, and even with Dak uh, starting... I think there is a path for Minnesota to win. This could be a bit of a trap game for Dallas coming off a bye. Uh, Minnesota at home. You know, if Dalvin Cook and the Vikings offense can control the line of scrimmage, control the time of possession, uh, they could steal this game. But, and, and you might have saw, I switched this at the last second. I just don't want to bet against the Cowboys right now. And I've said it before, I don't trust this Vikings team week in and week out. And the Cowboys... Still undefeated against the spread. Uh, could be undefeated overall if a couple more things went their way. And uh, I'll take the Cowboys minus two and a half. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're leaning the right way. Obviously, these are two of my more preferential teams in the league. Uh, and I've gone Vikings almost every week. But I think, like you mentioned, they're a perfect 6-0. Hard to bet against the, the, the Cowboys right now. Obviously, assuming Dak is going to be back. Uh, and even if he's not, I mean, this is a powerful enough offense on the ground between Pollard and, and Elliott and uh, in the air. I mean, any quarterback, we saw it last year. I mean, Andy Dalton, not the best quarterback in the world, but he still managed to get numbers uh, between Amari, C.D. Lamb, and and Michael Gallup. And obviously Lamb transcended at this point, um, not as under, a little underrated because he's surrounded by such talented receivers. But the guy is, I mean, the guy can make any quarterback look good. Now, I don't know if Cooper Rush is going to play. I, again, I truly believe Dak is going to play, but I think it's, really looking at that two wins that the Vikings just picked up uh, against the Panthers at their lowest point and Detroit the week before that. So, you know, uh, three and three, it's nice. Mike Zimmer, I'm happy for you. It's going to be three and four by the end of the week. 
Yeah, that's a fair take. And, you know, before we wrap it up, let's say Dak doesn't play. Uh, how much do you think this line swings in Minnesota's favor? I think if Dak doesn't play, I think this is still Dallas minus Ooh. one. I I just don't see a world in which this Dallas defense, which currently ranks 12th overall by yardage, uh, which is supremely better than it is, which it's currently higher rated than the Minnesota one. And while Kirk Cousins and Dalvin Cook are both had some of the best games of their seasons uh, over the last two weeks, I still think that this offense on Dallas' side without Dak Prescott is better than the Minnesota offense. This defense has been playing better than the Minnesota. I don't think they're a better squad, but I think they have been playing better. Uh, and so I, I just don't see a reason why Minnesota's favorite. But I mean, what do you, do you think? You, you seem surprised there. Do you think Minnesota should have been favored if Dak's out? Well, I don't know. I just think with the way that, you know, seeing how Vegas has operated with injuries in the past, I, I think it would be at least a PK, but the Vikings are at home. So I could see them being favored by a point or two if Dak ends up being hurt. But uh, hopefully he plays. Yeah, I mean, uh, football's not as fun without Dak Prescott. He's obviously one of my favorite quarterbacks to watch. But, uh, yeah, I think that does enough for, now, for that for that beautiful Halloween Sunday. Uh, let's move on to Monday, Frank. All Saints Day. First day in November. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't shave off uh, Don't shave off your mustache before then. You know, that's uh, keep, keep it on there. Will, will do. You, you know me. Yeah, I'm, I, I know. I know, Frank. And uh, you'll have that mustache on you for a great game. Terrific game. Best game of the season? New York Giants two and five, Kansas City Chiefs three and three. Uh, you know we'll talk about the Chiefs, but good God, good God, the Chiefs currently a spread of minus nine and a half, which is ridiculous to me, uh, and a money line of plus three twenty uh, New York's way. It is an Arrowhead. It is prime time. It is still Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, uh, but nine and a half after scoring mm. three points. What do you think about this one? Yeah, it, I agree that nine, if you're saying nine and a half is too high, uh, I definitely agree with you. And you know how I feel about this Giants team. Uh, even after what they did last week, I'm not going to overact and say that the Giants are suddenly good because they beat up on the, the down bad Panthers. But, I mean, is any team more down bad right now uh, relative to expectations than the Chiefs? Uh, but with that being said, I'm picking the Chiefs to win, but I'm not going to mess around with the nine and a half. Uh, I'm going to take the Giants plus nine and a half to cover. Sure, there's probably an avenue where the Chiefs win this game in a blowout, but how can you have any confidence in that that happening, given what we've seen from Kansas City uh, in recent weeks? So a classic primetime hedge uh, going with the favorite team on the money line in in true fashion for me. Yeah, Frank, I uh, knew that this was coming either way, but I I can't disagree with you on that spread. There is no reason to risk it. Eric Bieniemy's head is not in in Missouri right now. He's 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 thinking about LA Memorial Coliseum. He's thinking about Death Valley. He's thinking about uh, the Vol Stadium. He's not thinking about an NFL game this Sunday because he's thinking about where he's coaching on Saturday next year uh, if he doesn't get another opportunity. And I. And this offense is, I just, I don't understand. You know, genuinely, if we could talk about it, I don't understand how you could mess up an offense that's been going for so well. I know innovation is required to stay true in the NFL, but you've got the best quarterback in the league. You've got the best tight end in the league. You've got the fastest player in the league. Feels like the pieces are all there for you to score more than three points on a league averagely bad defense. And yet they only scored three points Patrick Mahomes looked terrible he's leading the league in interceptions what is this where where are the Chiefs where, where's the Chiefs problem that they keep getting in their own way and that frustration Frank that you hear in my voice is why I'm taking the Giants I'm taking mm-hmm. the Giants here at plus 320 probably the largest money line I'm taking all season uh but New York was one of four underdogs to win straight out last week I did I did not call for that one but I got I should have seen it their, their defense looked good, held Carolina to 173 yards, forced three turnovers, made Sam Darnold get benched. Uh, and I'm not, you know, comparing Sam Darnold to Patrick Mahomes right now, but they have the capability. They can beat up on a team that's down, and that's not a skill that every team in the NFL has. Uh, and right now, the way Patrick Mahomes and this offense just kind of slapping itself together, why not? Why not take a risk on, uh, you know, the rich getting rich, on the, on the rich getting poor? I mean, yeah, it, it, it's not a terrible idea, right? It's Monday night. It's a big money line, like you said. Uh, the Giants have, you know, surprised us at times. They did last week. Uh, what we know about the Chiefs is that they can't seem to flip the switch on and off like they used to be able to. 
And, I mean, you laid out all their offensive problems. Who knows uh, what factors are contributing to that? Obviously, there's probably several. Like you said, turnovers. seems like they keep beating themselves. Either way, I'm betting in this game that they won't need to flip the switch on uh, to the fullest extent to beat this Giants team. I think that they still have uh, enough capability to take care of business at home. And this is a get-right spot for them. I mean, it has to be because they're playing the Packers next week, the Raiders the week after that, and the Cowboys the week after that. So that's three teams with five or more wins coming down the pipeline. So they can't afford to lose this game, and uh, I'm betting that they won't be. But for the sake of entertainment, I kind of hope the Giants win and that you're right, because that would be glorious. It would be. After after three seasons of feeling ineptitude of uh, any other team of the AFC, I truly do think that the this is the comeuppance that you deserve if you're trying mm-hmm. to start a dynasty. I mean, Rodham, we watched, uh, we watched the Avengers, and at the end of that movie, for as dominant as he was, and for all the pain and suffering that he caused so many people, uh, Thanos uh, eventually turned into dust. So, there you go. That yeah. that's my analogy. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes, you may be inevitable, but uh, your day will come. There will be an Iron Man to stop you, and I dare say uh, that Danny Dimes, after making the catch of the season, uh, will be that Iron Man. <laughs> I knew you, I knew you were going there once I said Avengers. <laughs> it's still funny to hear that uh, that reference. Yeah, he just might be that. But speaking of Ironman, Frank, not every football team can be filled with Ironmen, so we are remiss to say two of our favorite teams will not be playing this week with the Baltimore Ravens and the Las Vegas Raiders uh, will be out. Just like to make a point because uh, I didn't get to talk about him this week. Derek Carr talked about him for MVP in week three. Three incompletions. Three out of 28 throws in completions last week. Give it up for the man. You know, don't get to talk about the other quarterback that's currently on a bye. Didn't have the greatest of weeks last week. But Derek Carr, good God. I wish I could have talked about you this week. That's two teams on a bye, though. That drops us down to 14 games. Frank, of those 14 games, which one is your lock of the week? It's a good question. Uh, It's always a good question for me, Rotom. This is tough because a lot of these lines, and we talked about some of the three-and-a-half games, Uh, Some of the five-and-a-half games that are tricky, and to us, a lot of them kind of seem like coin flip games, but I'm going to go with Tampa Bay, minus five-and-a-half against the Saints. Uh, I was tempted to go Chargers, minus five-and-a-half against New England. I think both of those teams ultimately cover, but I think New England has a better chance of covering five-and-a-half than the Saints do, and for that reason, I will go with uh, old Tommy Terrific. Uh, to cover uh, old Tommy Terrific and his Buccaneers to uh, take care of business in New Orleans. Yeah, I mean, you're risking with the division there. I think it's a good pick, though, because, I mean, it's Tom Brady. It's Tom Brady when he's mad. Definitely can't go wrong with that one. Uh, I'm, I'm going a little bold, Frank. I'm 5-2 uh, and two right now in locks of the week. I'm feeling real good. And uh, I talked about it. It's going to be an emotional game uh, in Cleveland this week, and I think Pittsburgh has all of the emotion and all the talent and all the power. Uh, to really pull this one up it's plus 160 uh, so I think the value is absolutely there if you want to take a risk on these Steelers and I think you should you know if if you're more of a Pittsburgh plus three and a half you get you get to eat that field goal if it's a last second one but I got faith I got faith in the Steel City I just watched Pittsburgh beat Clemson I think I can believe in Pittsburgh beating Cleveland yeah well going a division with a lot going with a divisional matchup in the lock of the week is bold but going with an underdog on the road, such as you are, uh, is even bolder. But uh, based on your track record, I'd say uh, it, it could very well happen. And I'm taking Pittsburgh to cover three and a half. I'm just not taking them to win. But uh, we'll see who ends up being on the right side of that discussion. Well, should be an exciting. <laughs> After last week's snooze fest, I'm very excited uh, to see a lot of really good football games on this week's slate. Uh, last week did put me in a little bit of a hole, though. Didn't do great on either the money line or the spread. I think I got a little too antsy uh, with all those big spreads, and you are now a full eight games ahead of me on the money line. I'm at 61 wins. You are at 69. Uh, on the spread, though, we are dead even. 
55, 51, and 1 for the both of us. So a few games are going to decide how this goes. That's going to be your lock of the week at New Orleans and Tampa Bay. Uh, and the only other one we disagree on, the only two other ones we disagree on are Chicago and San Francisco, which was both of our stay-away game, uh, and Arizona and Green Bay. So a few games uh, will cut that line, but it should be interesting on how that goes. Should be a great week of football. Uh, after last week, uh, we all got to watch the movies. I saw Dune. I saw Last Duel. Uh, one of those movies was much better than the other. I'll let you guess which one is which, but uh, this is a week. This is a weekend for football and some candy. Absolutely. Uh, gotta admit, didn't get around to watching a movie last week. Uh, much to your dismay, I'm sure. But, you know, Rotom, the real movie this week is this four-team teaser, as we do week in, week out. We're four and three overall with our teasers. Uh, didn't hit last week, but like you said, it was a weird week of football, a lot of bad games. But I'm, I'm feeling confident that we're going to bounce back this week. Uh, would you like to hear what we're rocking with, Rotom? I would love to. So we're going Cincinnati. Teasing them down to minus four and a half against the Jets. The Chargers, plus half a point against the Patriots. Pittsburgh, who you just declared your lock of the week, plus nine and a half. And the Rams playing the Texans, minus eight. Any thoughts on those four games, Rob? Uh, obviously love the Rams. I gush about them every week, but I think they've been good to us going 3-0 and on every teaser that we've been in. We've actually hit. Uh, so that's been great. Obviously, I'm on the side of Pittsburgh. I think the Chargers is an interesting one uh, that we can even get it that low because that line should be a lot higher for how talented this offense is. The only one I'm a little concerned about is the Bengals because for some ungodly reason, I have more faith in the Jets. But I'm hoping that the that Joe Burrow can uh, just rip them a new one and, and shred any belief that I have in the Jets uh, so I can finally get off that wave. Yeah, and I think there's probably a good chance of that happening. And, of course, that teaser valued at plus 235. A good opportunity to get rich if that's what you're looking to do. It is. I think this is a, it's a good week. If you feel good about your football skills, your football picking skills, I think this is definitely a good week. A lot of openings, a lot of good lines, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of intuition to be had. And uh, after four straight weeks where the over... Uh, where both the over and uh, the favorites have all taken leads for outright underdogs win in back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back weeks. That's six straight weeks. Uh, excited to see which four it's going to be this week. I'm sticking with it. Definitely going to be Pittsburgh. But if you're looking out for which other ones we might think it might be, make sure to check us out both on Twitter and on Instagram at our, at PlayItPod. Check me out at Rodham Kaufman. And where can our listeners find you, Frank? They can find me on Twitter at FrankJP0. And on behalf of Rotom and myself, uh, we wish everybody a happy Halloween.